Welcome back to the Walking in the Word podcast. We're going to start a brand new series today looking at the Sermon on the Mount and how we can apply some of these things that Jesus taught to our lives today. We're going to be in Matthew chapter number 5 and that's where we're going to start today in Matthew chapter number 5. So uh, let's read together these verses The Bible says, And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, uh, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. As we jump in today, I I have just a few simple points uh, to give you uh, today, really uh, two points. And uh, the first is that is we want to look first at the new Moses, the new Moses. Look at at again at verse uh, one and two. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain and when he was set, his disciples came unto him and he opened his mouth and taught them. You know, Jesus showed compassion for the multitudes who followed him. People flocked to him from all levels of society. Among them were the physically sick, emotionally unstable, demon-possessed, financially destitute, uneducated, and illiterate. Uh, Mingling with this motley crowd uh, were those uh, who were religiously influential and still politically powerful. But they had no idea that Jesus was the Son of God. And even if they did, they didn't care. By nature, Jesus uh, was different. Uh, He was the essence of love, which, like a magnet, drew people to him. You know, think about those people in your life that you're drawn to. Those people uh, that you connect with. What connects you to them? A lot of times it is shared interests. But sometimes it's, you know, I just love being around that person because they're so real. I love being around that person. They just love people. I love being around them because, they're, you know, their faith, whatever it may be. You know, Jesus preached on his own authority, quoting no traditions or great rabbis for his sources. You know, it's awesome. If you look through the teachings of Jesus, he doesn't quote the rabbi this and the rabbi there. When he says it has been said or uh, of old time it, it was written, he's quoting the law. He's quoting what was given to him. He was the new Moses, yet was totally different from that great lawgiver. You know, Moses descended Mount Sinai with God's law and confronted the people with God's judgment because of their sins. You know, uh, coming down with the law, Jesus delivered his message from a mountain, but he emphasized the reality of a loving God who was ready to forgive them. Uh, you know, uh, the, the Bible would tell us in the New Testament 
that the law uh, was meant to be our guardian or our, our schoolmaster, our tutor, to get us prepared and get us ready uh, to, uh, to get to the point to where we could uh, embrace grace and be embraced by grace. You know, uh, Jesus is uh, the new Moses. He, uh, you know, as he would say uh, in John chapter 13, a new law I give unto you. Love your neighbor. You know, love, you know, the idea uh, of having, this is how, how all men will know that you're my disciple. If ye have a love one to another, giving out the law. You know, so he, he acts as the new Moses. But it doesn't stop there. It continues. We then go uh, and we, uh, it picks up in verses 3 through 12. We see the new blessings. The new blessings uh, there uh, in uh, the Beatitudes. Let's read it together, verse, starting verse 3 again. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. These uh, blessings that are given out. You know, uh, the Beatitudes uh, with uh, which Jesus began this sermon, really, uh, the uh, probably one of the, the greatest sermons ever preached. You know, we could go through and look at the teachings of Jesus, uh, and there were so many teachings, but think, just imagine being part of that crowd uh, and sitting down and hearing uh, God himself teach and, uh, and, and go through this, not berating, not, you know, uh, coming, you know, coming uh, guns blazing, but coming with, with full love and compassion to communicate these truths. You know, uh, these, these uh, beatitudes, uh, they're not multiple choices. It's not like we can say uh, this, that, and the other, you know, which one, uh, just as we don't pick and choose which fruit of the Spirit we'll adopt, you know, we also don't get to select which Beatitudes we'll, uh, uh, we'll ask God to help us develop in our lives. You know, there are people in, you know, the fruit of the Spirit. Think about this. You know, it's not a fruit that I uh, produce. It's the fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of Michael. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And that He chooses what I need to develop inside of me. He decides that I, you know, that I need to learn lessons in love. I need to learn lessons in faith, in joy, and on and on and on. He, it's His fruit that He produces inside me. And the Beatitudes are blessings that God gives us, but we don't get to say, hey, you know, I want to be the poor in spirit because I want the, the kingdom of heaven. You know, I don't want, I want to be the mourning uh, because I want to be comforted. No, we don't get to choose which one we, uh, we get. That's a work of God in our lives. But at the same time, we need to take the Beatitudes as a whole, describing the way that God's people must live if they expect Christ to be seen in them. And that's the ultimate goal as a Christ follower, 
is to exude Christ. Because if I'm exuding anything other than Christ, am I really uh, showing whose I am? Uh, you, you know, uh, just uh, real simply, I wear a wedding ring to show whose I am. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, when, when it's sports time and, uh, and you know, depending on the season of sport, I wear certain uh, sporting uh, sports teams, Yankees, baseball. Why? Because I'm a Yankee fan and I, 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 I am part of uh, that fan base. Uh, and, you know, uh, and I want people to know that. So I should, you know, uh, live in a way that exudes Christ, that shows Christ, that, uh, that continues to point people to him. Because in John 11, it says that if, if I, Christ, be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. So by me living, uh, living in a way that honors and glorifies God and, and shows Christ in and through my life, then uh, I am then uh, having people uh, being point, pointed to our Savior and then He is then lifted up and He is glorified. You know, uh, the word uh, blessed, which Jesus used with each beatitude, uh, it can mean happiness. Typically, uh, we think of happiness as an emotional response that depended on circumstances. Happiness, uh, because of this that happened I will then be happy. If you do this, uh, you know, uh, th- throughout children's ministry and, uh, and just life in general, you hear things like, you know, uh, do you want me to be happy? Then do this. So then that's my, my uh, emotion is based on that circumstance. Jesus' idea of happiness, however, is associated with the truth that God is at work in you at all times. A better word would be joy, uh, maybe abundant joy. So, you know, we uh, abundantly joyful are the poor in spirit. Why? Because theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Abundantly joyful are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. It's not based upon our circumstance. It's based upon Christ working in us. I'll repeat that again. You know, our, our, our joy and, uh, and, and the, the happiness, so to speak, inside of us should not be based on the circumstances surrounding us, but the Christ that is inside of us. Uh, you know, uh, religion in Jesus' day wasn't associated with happiness in the lives of the people. Religion was a drudge. It was a dreary, dark thing. Many people saw God as a divine being who was poised to mete out judgment on sinful human beings. And unfortunately, even today we have that mindset. That he's just ready to strike us down, that he's ready uh, uh, to beat us down, that he's ready uh, to chastise us and get at us. You know, uh, the people uh, who heard Jesus preach and teach considered him a rabbi. Many times you'll see that in scripture. They'll they'll say master uh, or teacher They'll uh, come before him uh, with that that mindset. Uh, But he was uh, in no way like the rabbis who interpreted God's law to them. Uh, He began his preaching not uh, with condemnation and fearful anticipation of judgment to come out, uh, uh, but, 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 but with a resounding theme of joy and happiness. Again and again, he repeated it. I mean, uh, just look uh, through that, that, that passage. Uh, verse 3, blessed uh, are the poor. Verse 4, blessed are they that mourn. Bless, 5, blessed. Uh, 6, blessed. 7, blessed. 8, blessed. Uh, 9, blessed. 10, blessed. Uh, you know, uh, verse 11, blessed. And then uh, verse 12, rejoice. 
you know, uh, th- 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 this, this mindset, uh, this thought uh, to where uh, not beating down with the law, uh, but uplifting with the love. Now, both of them are required. You know, the law is important. There, there's, uh, uh, there, there's tremendous benefit to the law, but more so than that, there, there's uh, uplifting and encouragement and, and fortification and solitude in the love of God. You know, the people in Jesus' day under the, the religious regime, uh, they were under, you know, uh, the thought of, if I mess up, this is going to happen to me. And that should not be with our relationship with the Lord. It shouldn't be, I messed up, dad's going to kill me. It should be, uh, you know, I messed up, I need to run to daddy. I need to go and, and talk to him. I need to be with him instead of away from him. Religion in that day uh, ostracized and, and, and out and made outcasts out of the people that they didn't think that fit, that didn't belong because of whatever reason. Yeah, maybe it was a mistake on their part. Maybe it was a sickness, whatever. They, they were ostracized. They were outcasts. You know, but Jesus comes and preaches inclusion. Jesus comes and preaches love. And, and the ones that didn't look like they should. They had, a, they had a seat at Jesus' table. How many times did people look at Jesus and say, you're with publicans, you're with sinners, what are you doing? The message that Jesus preached truly was good news. Now, in systematic order, Jesus described eight character traits that identify uh, true citizens of the kingdom of heaven. He began with the poor in spirit. And these are those who are aware of their total need for God. A true happiness comes when people realize they're spiritually bankrupt before God and must rely on his strength. God gladly gives the kingdom of heaven to those who come to him in humility and faith. That's why a lot of times it says, you know, the faith of a child out of the mouth of babes, total dependence, a baby, a child is completely dependent upon their parents. Uh, you know, even to this day, even as an adult uh, with, with, with a wife and a, and a home of my own, uh, the idea where I am still, there's still a, 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 not necessarily a total dependence, but there's still a relationship tied uh, because of that, that relationship I have with my parents, uh, even today with my father and my mother. But realize in the spiritual realm, I bring nothing to the table. I am spiritually bankrupt. I don't bring my good works. I don't bring anything to the table that's worth anything. Uh, but still, God chooses to love me and take me and accept me when I come to him in humility and faith. So uh, the first uh, beatitude tells us uh, for the poor in spirit, for those who are aware of their total need for God. True happiness comes when people realize they're spiritually bankrupt before God and must rely on his strength because then when God does something it's not me it's him my wife uh, a lot of times when something happens uh, and someone will uh, compliment her or um, or you know hey that, that was really nice or I enjoyed that whatever it may be she'll quickly say oh, praise the Lord it's it's the Lord she points to people to him because she knows that uh, her talents uh, as a teacher, uh, her ability to connect with people and sympathize, with, that's a gift from the Lord. Uh, you know, Jesus' second beatitude addressed the uh, inescapable fact that sadness is going to be a part of life in this imperfect, sinful world. 
Suffering is going to be a part of that. And I'd encourage you, if you haven't already, go look at episode one as we looked at lessons from suffering. Suffering is going to happen in our life and that suffering is going to incur, uh, uh, cause us uh, to experience mourning and sorrow because our world's imperfect. Our world is sinful. We mourn when we face great sorrow. Uh, you know, maybe experience a tragedy or are forced to accept failure. You know, uh, the list of things that cause us to mourn uh, and be sorrowful, uh, it's a long list. It continues. There are a lot of things on that list. However, uh, this beatitude, this second beatitude, uh, may refer to godly mourning, a true sorrow for our sins that leads to repentance. And this kind of mourning brings the comfort of God's grace and forgiveness. It, you know, uh, the idea to where I've messed up, I just mentioned just a little bit, of, that I'll just see a little bit ago, in our relationship with the Lord, not our religiosity, but in our relationship with the Lord, when we sin, we rest upon the fact that He's faithful and just He's faithful. That we can go to Him and, and that brings comfort. That brings joy. Not that I need to stay away from God, but that I need to run to Him. Uh, the third beatitude addresses gentleness. Uh, you know, in our society today, uh, you know, this thought really being gentle is kind of countercultural. Uh, but realize this truth that meekness isn't weakness. Uh, you know, uh, this word implies humility and trust in God rather than a self-centered attitude. Uh, the earth, Jesus said, the gentle uh, uh, will inherit. It refers to the new heaven and the new earth promised to believers. And there's nothing that I can do in and of myself to inherit that. I have to be centered in God because if I center on my, my, my rights, uh, my, my, my righteous deeds, all the things that I've done, I won't make it there. I won't inherit that. I need to have humility and trust in God instead of a self-centered attitude. You know, the fourth beatitude, Jesus implies a spiritual poverty leads to hunger and thirst for righteousness. You know, uh, God's gift of kingdom life is the only genuine satisfaction for those who yearn for true justice, personal righteousness, and salvation. Why? Because in Christ, that's the only salvation that we have. He would say in John chapter 14 that uh, I am the way, uh, the truth, and the life. So what's true is through him, you know, personal righteousness, you know, I'm not going to do anything on my own, but Christ in me, the hope of glory, Christ working in me uh, for his good pleasure. Ultimately, you know, uh, there's nothing I can do for salvation, so I must trust in him and realize that, like we mentioned in the first, that I'm spiritually impoverished without him. But when I come to that realization, I can realize that he can satisfy my hunger and thirst for righteousness. The fifth beatitude focuses on mercy. The word merciful implies generosity, compassion, and forgiveness. You know, uh, mercy is a part of God's nature. He forgives sin and shows kindness to the downtrodden. It's second nature for those who've experienced God's mercy to show the same mercy to others. Uh, you know, the merciful people are merciful. Forgiven people forgive. But the, the flip side is also the same. You know, hurt people hurt people. Uh, you know, uh, you know uh, and, and things uh, along those lines. But realize that when he, we, we embrace his forgiveness and his kindness that he's shown to us as a natural byproduct, we will then show it to others. The sixth beatitude addresses purity of heart. This is a, a single-minded devotion to God. It's the quality of those who are aware of their total need for God 
mourn their spiritual poverty and hunger and thirst for righteousness. So it's, it's kind of a, it builds upon the others. We realize that we have a total need for God. We mourn in who we are in and of ourselves, but we hunger and thirst for the righteousness that only He can fulfill us with. And the pure will see God and experience intimate fellowship with Him. That's a promise that's given to us. Peacemakers are addressed in, the, in Jesus' seventh beatitude. Uh, peace describes a state of wholeness and completeness in all areas of life, uh, including our relationship with God and our relationships with others. Those who strive to make peace do the work of God and would be called children of God. Proverbs is very clear that those that sow discord among the brethren uh, are an abomination to the Lord. Uh, you know, the Bible tells us that where, you know, where there is no, uh, no, no fire, no coals, uh, the fire goes out. So the idea of a tailbearer that's just trying to stir up strife and problems. Make peace. You know, in reality, our life is too short. Make peace with those. You know, the final beatitude Jesus dealt with is the inevitable fact of life for followers of Christ. There will be persecution. Uh, Those who are persecuted because they serve Christ can rejoice. Why? Because their reward in heaven will be great. The reward that's coming, uh, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh a, a far more exceeding weight of glory. There's something better waiting for us. So, you know, I I think of this, which one of these characteristics do you need most today? Which one of these characteristics uh, needs to be uh, developed in your life by the Holy Spirit? You know, blessings in the kingdom of heaven are reflected in in radically countercultural lives today. When we live in the Beatitudes and we live out of the fruit of the Spirit, we're living countercultural. You know, God's gift of kingdom life is the only genuine satisfaction of those yearning for righteousness. You know, this, this introductory thought to the, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus comes out, yes, with compassion and with love, but He does come out uh, with some powerful things to apply to our lives. I'd encourage you to read through the Beatitudes there in Matthew chapter 5 and then uh, 5 verses 1 through 12. That's what we covered today. Read through those. Ask God to develop the Beatitudes inside so that you are truly joyful uh, and and exuding Christ in all areas of our life. Uh, The next time we meet together, uh, we'll be uh, in Matthew chapter 5 still, but we we will be uh, looking at... uh, uh, Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Uh, and then we'll even look apart uh, there uh, in Matthew chapter 7, uh, verses 15 through 20. So feel free to read ahead uh, as we uh, journey through the Sermon on the Mount. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for these truths. Thank you for the example of Jesus. Thank you for the Beatitudes. I pray that you would work in and through us, that you would develop in us the nature that you would have us develop so that we can live full lives that honor and glorify you. Bless us, Lord. Help us to stay close to you. Help us to follow after you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.